one thing I've been focusing on this week is mm-hmm. right. I work to live. I don't live to work. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, you better drop a gem on us already. You know, we just started. You know. To becoming she a space for us by us where we discuss our journey to finding peace of mind now let's get into it hey y'all i'm jb hey y'all i'm Kavo. and welcome back to another week of us we biggity 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 be back. back girl <laughs> biggity biggity bet you do it so much how's it going how are you um <laughs> <laughs> girl i'm good i'm here i'm just working you know getting to the uh-huh. sh- money baby getting the sh- money yes. But uh, other than that, I've been trying to get sufficient sleep and also trying to one thing I've been focusing on this week is Mm -hmm. right. I work to live. I don't live to work. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, you better drop a gem on us already. You know, you know, so I'm just really trying to um, place that in the forefront of my mind and make time for other things outside Mm -hmm. of simply working. It is very much hard. It is very, very much difficult, but because uh, sometimes right. I just want to take a nap after work. But I've been trying to do all the time. Things, you know what I mean? That's me all the time. Like I don't want to do no shit after today. Today was a hard day. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then mm-hmm. um, I have some great coworkers slash friends uh, that I went to school with now, and they like doing things after work. And I'm like, y'all not tired of moving on? We don't move 50 big ass motherfuckers today. People like bodies. Like we've moving bodies all day. Y'all not tired? I'm tired. I need a shower. I need a nap. Like we be sweating. You've been breathing in that damn mask for nine hours. And they just be like, it's fine, girl. Let's go run a mile. Let's go hike. Let's. I like, I like that because that gives them time for themselves, you know, like things that they like to do. They do, and I'm appreciating no that. I'm appreciating that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It is making me extremely tired. I'm not going to lie, but I'm appreciating that aspect of like making time for mm-hmm. me and the things that I want to do. So, yeah. Right. But, well, well, good. Girl, that's enough about me. We've been talking a long time, but I had to drop that gem on y'all. <laughs> Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I think I'm right there with you. I'm trying to figure out uh, ways that, you know, continue doing the things that I like to do, even when I'm tired. Uh, I, I feel like I had somebody tell me the other day that, you know, I'm busy per usual. And mm-hmm. that is a fact. I, I feel like I definitely do a lot during the day and the evenings and the weekends and things like that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I also love being around my friends, my family, and things like that. And so the concept of... Um, working to live and not living to work is a a beautiful thing because that is what I'm on and I appreciate that gym that you dropped to us but I'm doing good I cannot complain I don't have anything that's like I mean I guess this past weekend we had our first like special event for the city and it was yeah, really cool I'm like, girl, to see you everyone some come out this weekend talk about it i did it. some really cool things yeah and we um had a whole plan of just like safety and health and safety guidelines and things of that nature and it's really cool to um be able to be creative during this time yeah and you know not let everything that's going on in the world um how do i say this just not let it be 
something that debilitates you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so really being creative and obviously everything that's going on, you know, hearts out and things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. um, it's been really just great to be able to be with a team who can be creative and just open-minded and just learning new things. And, you know, you learn things over time and you learn what works and what doesn't work. And so that's the cool aspect of it. And so, yeah, I'm just in a very good mood. This week it started off right. And, you know, that's enough about me, too. <laughs> um, yeah, we here, girl. we happy, we blessed. I thought it was really we highly favored, blessed and highly favored. Okay, I'm done. But um, I was gonna say the COVID measures that y'all took for this weekend, like this festival that y'all had, I think yeah. were they were so cool. And um, I really hope that a lot of events follow suit in that way. Mm-hmm. where thank you and then we kind of you know we start to roll out because i really miss like concerts and festivals and things like that yeah. and i don't know if you want me to give away the juice or anything but the way that y'all had it structured i think would be very um very Thanks. good and feasible for events yeah. that typically have larger crowds in the future mm-hmm. and you know it's just obviously things are so different like we're used to having events that bring out five thousand plus people on the street right you can't do that and so it's building measures that still allow people to gather but it may not be as much you know i think we only did 300 people um because we were outdoors and it was a larger space but that wasn't anything that you know we would do indoors or things like that and you know strongly encouraging masks and things of that nature so it's just it's it's definitely i think i agree with you on you know hoping that concerts and things like that i know in the sport Mm -hmm. world uh you know they're starting to open up um they're starting to allow fans to come back to games and things like that. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. going to be on a smaller capacity. So, you know, that would be very interesting to see how, like, those kind of things um, are built in. And so I, I just I'm, – I'm really appreciative of everyone's creativity during this time and how they can safely gather and things of that nature. So – Love it. Yeah, the creativity of it all is really great because I think for a while everybody, um, and I'm sure you can relate to this, we were like, when are we going to get back to normal life? Like, what the heck is this? Or how is this going to be different? And it's funny because um, we're kind of creating a whole new reality for ourselves and kind of making it up as we go. But there's beauty in that, right? I think there's beauty Mm -hmm. in that. And I really like that. I'm excited to see how other uh, things start to roll out. But I know that we can't give away the secret sauce, but I think that that was a really great idea (laughs) that y'all came up with. And I really hope that other larger, um, you know, event companies and spaces start doing things like that. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, hats off to you, sis. You did that. I was very proud. (laughs) Very proud. So um, let's talk about somebody else's business for a quick second. Yes. All right. Did you see the Harry and Meghan Markle interview, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview uh, with Oprah? I sure did. I sure did. So many thoughts. Can't Mm -hmm. get into all of them, but so many thoughts. So many thoughts thoughts oh my gosh it was so good though it was so good and honestly i know there was so much more that we didn't get into um Mm -hmm. that they didn't like that wasn't aired i'm sure they edited out a a bunch of footage but um, oh yeah i i feel like okay there's a lot of things we can talk about but i'll let you go first yeah i definitely tuned in and i think that oprah asked all the pressing questions Mm -hmm. and i was here for it I think that Megan woke up that morning and said that I'm going to be, um, 
I'm going to be posh. I'm going to be, you know, Period. I'm going to think about my responses. I'm going to be very um, aware of what Period. I'm saying to make sure that I'm not, you know, disturbing or, you know, even though I'm telling my truth, I want to make sure that, you know, I come off in a manner that, you know, is poised. I think Harry said, I woke up, he woke up and chose violence. He chose I think violence. Harry said, I am going to wake up today and I'm going to let people know about what's happening. And I, he said, he's going to tear down the monarchy. And that's that. He said, single-handedly, I got you. Baby, don't worry. You can be posh. You can be poised. I got you. Yeah. And I love that. There were so many, rev- like, here's the thing, too. I don't feel like anything that she said was, like, super shocking besides the whole, like, my, the, the child's going to come out darker. You know, like, what skin tone would the child have? I thought that was I didn't of, know that, that she had a miscarriage, either. That was shocking, as well. Oh, okay, yeah. I, that was one. I, I follow tabloids, so. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't know. So I was like, dang, oh my <laughs> It was really sad though. Yeah, but she's having a girl, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. Um, I'm excited about that. And I just think that like, I think there were so many things that we all kind of knew what was going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm glad that she spoke her truth. And I'm glad that she stood up for herself and her family and said, you know what? Like, the money is not a factor. Like, Mm -hmm. I want my kid to be safe. I want my husband to be safe. And if that means that I have to come out and say this, like, I'm here for it. So Right. I I think that um, their relationship is beautiful and their partnership is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, seeing the other side of everything. Of course, you and I have watched The Crown. If you haven't watched The Crown, you definitely should. Mm -hmm. You should. It's a great show. And I don't know. I mean, I as I was watching it, I'm that person that as I watch shows that intrigue me i'm going to especially if it's based off of true events i'm going to start researching oh as i'm watching yep and so that Mm -hmm. really um i really saw that a lot of that a lot if not 90 percent of the crown is based off of actual true events and things that happen right so um it's just very especially diana's story yeah especially diana's story is just very shockingly true but then also seeing the other side of it and seeing how they depict that. Mm-hmm. And then it's crazy because we saw the crown and I know you and I were talking about it and we're just like, you know, it seems so real. Of course they created this, but this also seems like what she, exactly what she was going through at the time. Right. And then to hear Megan and Harry come and say the same shit that was happening. Like, yeah, the queen I'm stopped taking you. my calls or my father stopped taking my, no, he didn't say the queen. He said, my father stopped taking he my said calls. My father. Yeah, and then he said that mm-hmm. the queen had like canceled some kind of like weekend that he had with Meeting her. Meeting with him, yep. Yeah, and all kinds of things. And to see that they treat their own family in that way because the institution itself is more important than the familial Girl, bond is just. If I heard institution Woo! or the firm, all I mean, I could have taken shots on shots on shots. We would have been the drunk. Firm, the institution, the firm, the like, institution. You'd have been drunk. They never said and my grandmother. They said you. my grandmother, my father, my this person, that person. Yeah. But very rarely, it was the firm, the institution, the institution. And I want to know I who are this. these people? Who are it, they? It, well, it's the institution is made up of the, it's like the Queen's guidance counselor, right? And oh. So it's like um, Prince Charles and his wife. So it's an actual Prince group of and his people. Wife. It's an actual group of people, but they're there to like advise the queen right and it just shows you how like there's the the crown is powerful yes but she the person rarely has that much power right it's usually like the people behind the crown. and everything they yeah it's everything behind the crown 
Damn. So just very wild. It was just, just it wild. Was just... And that interview that they had where the journalist asked her, like, are you okay? Obviously, mm. we all saw it and it was very heartbreaking because we're like, she's not okay. But to know in the background of it all that, like, very shortly after that, she sits down with her husband. Like, we never knew how not okay I, that it was. That was shocking. But to yep. say that she sat down that with her shocking. husband and was just like, we like i don't want to live anymore the fact that she said that she was like it wasn't even a thought it was now becoming reality and and like Mm -hmm. she was planning it out and things and it's just like it became very scary for her and to see that that happened in that same night that they had to you know go to this event and put it on and she's Mm -hmm. like I'm crying and every time they're about to turn the lights back on, they're letting me know so I can get myself together again. And like simply she was only there because she could not be alone that night and he couldn't take off of work. Like heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I'm so thankful that they chose themselves over, um, over anything else. Because I think that the point of the, the point is, is that I, it's heartbreaking to know that you're going through this and you feel like you're alone, right? Mm-hmm. And then your husband's born into this institution, so it's not like it's one of those things where you could just get out, right? And so all the process of them having to do that, I mean, it was so extensive. And then they tried to make it seem like they you chose know, didn't themselves tell the queen beforehand, yeah. and they, you know, try to make this make the story. He was just like, I respect my grandmother like too much. Really... I would never take her by surprise. Like what? Right? Like. It's just Seeing shows you how that. they really were really pinpointing Megan and really were trying to attack her character. And it's Absolutely. just unfortunate. But they got the upper hand because guess what? Oprah. Guess what? Oprah. Guess what? Them. Million Tyler dollar Perry. Deals. They, they in there. Let them stay in their house. In his house. Like Animal Kingdom. <laughs> like Disney. Honey. What? They just. And it's crazy that they were homeless and having to stay. With a friend and completely unprotected to the point that their friend had to provide his own security, like security Ridiculous. team to them because the institution was so dead set on being racist and taking away the birthright. Archie Thank you. is the son of a prince. Like Archie is and royalty. You give that, him a title, that's a simple fact. Like she- was being difficult right and y'all were the ones who said that y'all didn't want to give him a title and honestly she was like title or not that's fine but he needs the protection you saw how right how the paparazzi and people were after them imagine and then the thing was the fact that they took away the security knowing that at that point in time the entire world knew where they were exactly like come on are you kidding it's me? all a it's all a game it's, it's just, all a game. And sickening. no matter how how poised you come off or how, like, servants you come off, right? Like, she even said, like, I am here to be a servant leader to you. Like, I know what I'm giving up. And she I know, stepped up to the plate without behind, any kind of training. She had no clue what what no what clue. was ahead of her, which was shocking to me. And yep. Like, I feel like for me personally, granted, I've never been in that situation. But if I were to meet somebody and they're a prince and I know we're getting serious or something like that. I wouldn't necessarily start Googling him and his family, but I'd be like, what do I need to do if I'm going to meet his family or whatever the case may be? And like she said, something she said was very true that I really didn't have any idea of until probably watching The Crown. When she said that um, when she met the queen the first time, it was very informal. And he was like, do you know how to curtsy? And he had to like teach her how to curtsy. 
in a couple of minutes before they met her yeah Mm -hmm. before they met the queen before the grandma came and she literally thought that it was something that they would do in front of people but not necessarily in the privacy of their own homes you know what i mean so it's just kind of crazy seeing all of that and knowing that she stepped up to the plate and really did her job just as diana did but it's like bitches gonna hate on you regardless like bitches gonna hate on you when you're doing well and when you step up to the plate and you shine brighter than the people that were born in this position but the thing that they don't understand is the reason that these people shine brighter than the people that were born into these positions is because they were not born into these positions they have a connection to the people that may have struggled or worked a regular job or lived a regular life and now they're royalty that's why they're looked at at this way or put on this pedestal you know but Mm -hmm. i get to thinking about like imagine how much megan had to like police herself when she was Oof. around his family, like the ele- the time. level of code switching that she had to do. Girl, that probably was like uh, an Olympic sport for her. I would be exhausted at the medals. end of every single day because I'm just thinking about it. First of all, like, you know, me and you have had this conversation privately about like mm-hmm. dating outside of our race. And we're just like not sure for different reasons. For me, it's like. I don't the amount of energy that it takes to be around your family not sure not being not being sure if they if they're not racist or not but even beyond that feeling like you have to be this acceptable version of yourself exactly in order for them to certain characteristics right in order for them to Mm -hmm. completely accept you that is exhausting I couldn't imagine what she had to go through but um so like I agree with like imagine okay we code switch in a bunch of different situations right not only in relationships we code switch at work most often i feel like that's what most people can relate to most often but i feel like for black people in general across the board it's like a natural switch up or natural change up that we don't even really recognize or notice because i (laughs) I know like I've been around you and me and you like you're the same person across the board. The way that you talk to me and the way that you talk to your 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 uh, uh your friends of other races, I won't say it's completely different, but there it's a little change, right? It's a little switch up. Mm-hmm. You're still the same person, but maybe you pronounce words a little different or you enunciate a little better so they can understand. Mm. I know that's something that I do. Is that something that you have experienced or whatever? I noticed that I've done. It. I so with my friends with my clear friends um i think that we've grown our relationships grown so much that like i don't feel like i have to code switch around them oh cool okay yeah yeah i don't i really don't feel like i have to i mean now i'm not saying initially did you you know initially but you kind of grew up in that diverse of environment so i don't think you ever really had grown up in a very diverse area like naturally i'm not gonna yeah, there's uh-huh. things I'm not going to say, you know, right. that like I would say within our culture. Right. Um, but I feel like I've, I've, I feel like, yes, you're absolutely right about code switching at work. That's like the most place. That's one of the right. most places that's that where I do we, everybody kind of um, practices that. And then within friendships, like I may, now if I'm meeting, if like if I'm with my clear friends mm-hmm. and I'm meeting their friends, I may, you know, it may be a little bit of code switching. Like, okay, right. like let me get a feel for who you are. Right. You know, like I'm not just going to be, I don't know. It's like, I, it's kind of like an unspoken rule, self, but we but don't even like notice unspoken, it. Yeah, and I don't even, exactly, I don't even notice when I do it until, like, I'm in this situation and I'm like, oh, you know, like, why are you, why are you 
sounded like this. Why are you like, talking relax, like you know? that, girl? Why you got right, so much energy right. right now? You never like this. Right. Relax. You're never like this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think to myself that I feel like a lot of those things came from just growing up and being aware of my surroundings, seeing my parents yeah. in those elements and seeing how they talk to people and um, how they presented themselves, you know, because let's be real, like you got to have some cooth when you're around okay. people of non-color. And if you don't, then they're looking at you like, mm, you know, they're looking at you sideways. Maybe. You yeah. know, I was listening to this podcast earlier. Shout out to the receipts. I am, um, the receipts podcast is only, um, on Spotify. Now they have a contract with Spotify. And so they changed to Spotify, like back in 2020, to be honest. And I'm so behind on their episode. So I'm on the episode from 2020. Anyways, they had this guy on here and he was talking about, he's an actor. And he was talking about essentially like code switching in the workspace of an actor, right? Mm-hmm. How you have to be in order, how like black people, they were talking about how like black people talk about black movies, right? And they were saying how they're scared to say that it wasn't good because it's like, if I say it's not good, then we might not get as many views. And this is like the only shot we got kind of thing, right? Right. And he was saying how, how are we determining that something is good or bad, Right. The, mm-hmm. essentially when you look at it black people are years their ages behind in creating our own as far as like movies and tv shows because we haven't had the support for that right but we're getting there so right. it's not a good or bad it's more so like it's just new but he also said that it really frustrates him that across the board black people view black success through a white lens mm. and he was like that it's become is... very difficult for him when he looks at it that way and i'm yeah. like damn we do that we do we that do, like we have to be, be the acceptable version of ourselves and, and that's how they view us the, too though like we have to be the good but, black and that's the quote unquote standard right, right? like right we 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 put that as a standard and so when things fall below that and you know we feel like okay that's a par that's not good enough right but it's really not about being good or bad it's honestly about accessibility right it's mm-hmm. like putting your people on and so like in my profession you know I get to deal with film projects and things like that and so I'm gonna give you the real and tell you the things that you need to know in order for these things to like work out Grow because and be that's better, what right. other people do right and that's you know that's how people get on it's like you have to know like it's really about the relationships yes mm-hmm. but you really have to know the ins and outs of the, of things because they're not going to always share that with you and right. so you know when you're in those spaces you want like it's not a competition like bring people along with you in those spaces yeah. and don't feel like you know you have to compete or you can only you could be the only one or whatever the case right may be. yeah not, not everything is a crab and barrel mentality honestly yeah. we nothing should be that way but i feel like Ever. black people always feel the need to like gatekeep certain certain situations like only these type of people can do this or these type of people can do that right mm-hmm. we see it on social media right somebody on twitter will say something like oh so now everybody want to tell our back oh okay and it's like why are you mad that people are getting are things that, that they want Support. or they're able to afford things that they want for themselves? Mm-hmm. Or like, why are you saying that? And then it's like, also, why is it that now that this particular item is so popular amongst the black com- black community, now it's degraded in price? I was going to say, right? why are we devaluing black the, products? Yeah, why are we devaluing because it? Louis because Vuitton, everybody wants Gucci, it. and all these other major brands. Y'all want to go buy more ground. Gucci when everybody wear Gucci. They people walk out Gucci head to toe. Wear them to the ground. 
and y'all don't and y'all be like oh i need to go get me that gucci bag that's nice y'all don't say oh everybody got that same gucci bag oh my god y'all don't say nothing right. when everybody got they what's it called so kate's i don't fucking know them lubitons when everybody got their lubitons they lubes <laughs> red bottoms when everybody got their bloody shoes on they got them same patent leather black ones don't nobody mm-hmm. go complain and say that those are now the ghetto shoes and exactly. everybody get when they get their stimulus check because ain't nobody up in them out to say that because y'all still in the store trying to buy them when y'all get y'all stimmy okay exactly so like exactly why is it that when other black people start to like something or enjoy something now it's devalued or it's not as valuable because that's as it society was but I that's crazy because that... society follows our influence everything in yes. society every bit of marketing tactics that mm-hmm. these people take they follow the black community they take mm-hmm. it literally from us and just copy it for free without having to create anything because yeah. we are the movement and instead of us just accepting that and being like we are a move bro we gotta fucking look at other people and be like oh you want to get these same jays that everybody else get in oh my god right. like why does it matter well and then when you say like we right it's such a divide because right. there are a good bit of black people who support who push things out who are you know gonna share their friends whatever the case may be and they're gonna buy black products and they're gonna put their people on you know and then you right. have another side that is that standard right they they feel like well this is the standard that we have to uphold to and it's the white version of that standard mm-hmm, right and mm-hmm. so it's very unfortunate because you have that battle between the two right. rather than being cohesive down the middle and just saying like right. Everything can work within itself and we can support mm-hmm. everyone and everyone can win. And we don't have to, you know, devalue a certain brand because it's not up to this standard that what America says is right. Right. I don't I mean, I don't know who the society person is that we always talk about, but it's a person. Somebody out there. They. Somebody. they. Who is they? We don't know, but they <laughs> was said they. they said it. Was it. They said because they literally put this on. The, they put this on, on everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And. It's just one of those things where until you kind of get out of that mentality and you realize that there's there can be more than one or there can be we can support everything, then, you know, I feel like it's going to always be that divide within our community. Right. It always will be. And I, I hate that about I hate that about our community. But honestly, when you look at every community across the board, I think there there's some sort of divide. Not everyone oh, yeah. can be on the same oh, yeah. page. It may be yeah. a division. The divide may occur in different places, but the division is still there, right? So Mm -hmm. it is what it is, right? It's some things that we have to kind of adjust to. But I feel like when it comes to code switching, I wonder... Okay, so I know you talked about how, like, you unlearned, essentially, unlearned to code switch as you got more comfortable, Mm -hmm. as your relationships developed with your friends, right? Have you unlearned it, or are you interested in unlearning it when it comes to other areas of your life that you may have done it, like, work or whatever? Do you feel like you want to normalize being your black self? Because I feel like a lot of times we feel that, that... increases our anxiety right because we talk about it we're like oh yes absolutely i'm so stressed absolutely. and tired because and, x y and z you know <laughs> right and it's exhausting to have to be on all the time being around white people is exhausting all the time especially <laughs> at work oh you spend a lot of your time there's a lot of days spent you know and you it is exhausting to have to always be on 
on your P's and Q's or always have to make sure that you're upholded to this, this they standard that they put out there. Um, (laughs) But yes, I would love to unlearn those things. And I think that like, I'm, I'll be 30 in June. There's 30 years of things that I have to unlearn. And that is one of them. Right. Right. Um, I don't know what that process looks like, but I know that like showing up as my authentic (laughs) self. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't know what that process, you know, I feel like showing up as my authentic self. What does that mean to me? And realizing what I value and, you know, not, not granted, like, here's another thing, being articulate and being able to, you know, have good oral communication. It's not to me a code switch. It is, it's simply how I speak. If, if I am going to speak about something and I'm presenting something, I'm going to speak eloquently over what I'm talking about. Right. I know what I'm talking about. I feel confident in that. Um, but, and I'm not going to go into work being like, girl, let me tell you, like that to me is not professional. And to some extent when you're, if you're in a council meeting and you're, you're doing all that. Right. So there's a time and a place for those things. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily that mean that like, I feel like there has to be, what is the difference between being your authentic self and code switching? Right. Like I'm not someone who is going to go to a council session and be like, what up? Like, how y'all doing? Like, how's everything going? Like, can we talk about this? This is what I want to present on or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But when I call my home girl afterwards and be like, Kavo, let me tell you how I just killed this meeting. Let me tell you how I presented X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is what I said. And I may break it down to her on a different scale, but that's my comfort zone with her. You know, right. that's me being able to speak to you in a manner that is like, okay, you're my friend and I can say these things to you in this manner. Right. But I don't want to give that self, that part of me to my work environment because they're not my people. Like they're my people when it comes to my professional sense. Yes. I want them to win. I want to encourage them. I want to support them. But like, you're my people and this is how I talk to my people, you know? So. Right. I agree. I think that we can like, I think the process of unlearning code switching is something that is definitely, um, that you would define individually, but I think that mm-hmm. it ha- it's something that happens over time, right? So I talked yeah. about this before on previous episodes where maybe I would go to a job interview and I would straighten my hair for the job interview. Ooh, yep. And mm-hmm. then, because every time I had something professional, I had to straighten my hair. Every time there right, was some sort they said of it. <laughs> event, my hair had to be straight because they said that's what professional is. They said that's what manicure it is, right? But my hair is just as manicured when it's curly. It's just as professional when it's curly. It's just as acceptable when it's curly, right? Mm-hmm. As any Absolutely. as 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 it is with anybody else. But it's just like um, I think what happens is we kind of go through this process um, and especially like the influence from previous generations. We go through this process mm-hmm. where we recognize what's acceptable by society and we kind of try to fall um, into that acceptable range, right? Mm-hmm. But as time passes, we start changing things. So maybe you're not wearing your hair straight to job interviews, but then eventually for me, this was my process. Then I started wearing my hair. I would pull it in buns or ponytails or whatever, some kind of neat Mm -hmm. style pulled back. Then eventually I started wearing it out and pulling it up in the front. Then now, I I mean, I went to a job interview. I talked about this on another episode with whole box braids down to my ass and was in there thing like, hello. Yes, I'm Dr. Hartwell. Nice to meet y'all. Right. And it is what it is, right? right? Y'all have to accept this because this is what you're going to see when I come to work. I'm not going to take my braids out to make you feel more comfortable. I'm not going to, you know, and then eventually like those things change, right? You transfer, you transition. So Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. For example, maybe you dress to the tip top nines when you come into the office, mm-hmm. right? But then you're like, girl, mm-hmm. you know, it's just business casual. Or, you know, it's casual Fridays, but you got on a full suit because, you know, you just got to be three times better. But then eventually you start putting on your cute little slacks and your cute little shirt right. and you go in right. there and you match the, you know, attire of everybody else because you realize you can kind of relax in that a little bit. Maybe you put on some cute sneakers, which are and that that you know that is a process. Yeah, of un, absolutely. Code yep. switching. I think it comes in a process, right? Like bit by bit, and you kind of test. Oh, it I I completely it agree. And test three it. years ago, and I think I've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. you know when I first started at the job that I had currently, like I had a I did a big chop, and mm-hmm. in my interview, I remember that episode. Was that was a, a good chop. episode. Whenever we do another yes. prize, when we got to do that one, when we, we talked about to. our hair dye, that was a real. That good was one. crazy, and I was so nervous about you know I put faux locks in my hair after mm-hmm. that, and so I was super nervous about going into the office. Like you know I have these faux locks. What if? What if that? You know all in your head and things like that. Girl, right. now fast forward. Jasmine is showing up as her authentic self. Sometimes Jasmine has box braids. Sometimes mm-hmm. JB has faux locks. I'll have my hair curled up. I'll have my hair pinned back. Um, you know, I'll wear my sneakers or I'll wear my, you know, cute flats. I'm a big flats girl. Right. But, you know, it's just all these different things. But I think that's really learning about when you were describing all of those things. It was like, what's authentic to you? Right. Right. If you felt like you had to straighten your hair at the time, that was something that you felt like, okay, you had to do. And then you grow, you've learned how to grow out of that. Right. Because no longer are you going to listen to what they said. You're going to follow what you want to do and follow what you Precisely. said. Um, yeah. So it's just one of those things where I think, like you said, it definitely, you dissect things little by little and you, and you continue to dissect things over time. Like when you be, as a professional, there are things that, you know, society may deem un, un, um, unprofessional or something of the sort, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to determine whether or not you want to fit into that standard or fit into what they feel like that standard is. If that's right. not your mold, then it's okay for you to say, you know what, I'm no longer interested in this and I'm about to be out. There's a lot of people who leave right. corporate America for those reasons, because corporate America makes it seem like if you don't wear heels, if you don't have a pantsuit, if you don't have your hair straightened as a black woman, then you, you don't fit into this, you know? Right. And um, they try to change company policy or even violate yeah. company policy to that extent. To try to make you feel yep. uncomfortable. And I think that is the reason for sure why black people over time have developed this this code switching, which we've done since Complex. if you think about slavery times, we've done that. We uh, we, yeah. we gotta be who they want us to be and we have to present as this person that they want us mm-hmm. to present as in order to be accept- accepted. You know, in the yep. mainstream. And that is so unfortunate to me. But that hits so many different levels too, right? It's not just your like day-to-day work life, right? Look at like right. the music industry, what mainstream oh. is to them. Look at the athletic world, I was what like, mainstream what makes is pop? to them. I was thinking about that the other day. What makes pop music pop music because if you think about it when we were younger pop music was like bands and it was very much pop but now pop is more like rapish r&b we can make this we can make this a radio version and it won't be too explicit so now it's pop because i mean up then it's up then it's Mm -hmm. up then it's stuck is considered a pop song and that is clearly rap she talking about pussy and niggas and blah blah and literally (laughs) it's so hard for them to make a a radio version of it because it's so explicit but they've considered this now pop and who is they so like they sit in a room and then they then in there and say okay you know what they're cool enough to be in our circle so now we will consider them pop you know what we like this drake guy he seems pretty acceptable i feel like 
he'll go across the board. Let's make him pop. Because, mm-hmm. like, in order to be a crossover artist, you have to enter in the pop. In order to I be mean, heard that's everywhere where it else. And that's yep. crazy to me. And pop is essentially, honestly, that. another word for white acceptance. Like, you have to be accepted across the board for white people and whatever the case may be for you to be considered it's, a pop I think, artist. too, that we have put that as a standard across the board when it comes to any type of any type of area that you touch. And I think that's where the problem lies. And I think that's where if we don't have what our own standards look like, if we don't um, have our own expectations and we don't uphold ourselves to our own expectations, but we're always um, we're always on this other path that may not be, you know, what we determine as, you know, our best selves or something like that. I don't know. We're mm-hmm. If we're following suit pretty much, you know, like that's not going to really... I feel like that doesn't really help with it either, right? And so right. there's really I don't know what the the right answer to the, the the question of how do you unlearn or how do you how do you um, become your authentic self when it comes to different different areas. I think it's like you said, it's a personal thing, um, yeah. but I think it's something that like you're going to forever be learning that stuff and unlearning things until the day you die. Because when you hit forties, like there are things in your forties that let's be real people are like okay i can't do the same thing i was doing once when i was 20 i can't move the same way i was yeah, doing when I'm this, you know, when i was I'm that. thinking that the and other like, day like that, at what when was point? that like a thing yes i swear i swear i was just thinking about this so i was in the store right and i'm looking at clothes and okay so i used to love forever 21 and charlotte Russe mm-hmm. and papaya or whatever the case mm-hmm. yes. but like now at my age i'm 29 years old and I look at those stores and I'm like, girl, why did you, you can't wear them. like, yeah. and then I was thinking, I'm like, that's when that's childish. Cause you can't, what do I look like being in the stores with 20 year olds looking at these clothes, like child, what do now, I look 16 like? 16 year olds, 16 you know? year olds, you know, I'm in here and we the same age looking at the same stuff. Granted forever 21 still does have a couple pieces that slap, yes, but for, like overall, when example. you think about it now, we've come to this age and I wonder, I wonder like what, contributed to this like shift in thinking right because mm-hmm. we get to closer to 30 and we're like too good for those things now right it's like oh mm-hmm. i can't believe i ever did that is it like right an increase in income is it societal standards is it something within yourself that shifts and, and it's changes? all unspoken it's all unspoken no i think everybody just kind of gets 35 and says okay when you turn 35, you can no longer do X, Y, and Z. No one sits you down and gives you that talking to or whatever the case may be. It's like we just make these rules up in our heads because we feel like that's the standard. Well, where did the standard come from? Yeah, because if we see like a 60-year-old woman with Forever 21 outfit on, we looking at her like, ooh, girl. Now, now she know better. Now she know. Exactly. <laughs> she did not have no business putting that on and walking out this house like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we would. That would be right. something that would definitely process through your mind if you saw somebody's grandma out with the same outfit that you would wear, or that your little mm-hmm. cousin would wear, or whatever the case may be. Do you? Did you ever watch um, Sex in the City? Um, the a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. The movie. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were talking about the show. I'm like a couple times. So there's a scene with Miley Cyrus and Samantha. And they both show up to like a red carpet event. And they, and have, they have the same that dress same on. dress on. When Samantha was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to wear that dress. And they were like, ma'am, yes. isn't that a little young for you? It's, exactly. And she was so embarrassed. Yes. And it's and so they funny. It together. Yeah. But it's so funny because that's very relatable. That's 
extremely mm-hmm. relatable. But also, you know, when I think about it, I feel that the mindset maybe comes from individually i feel like depending on where you are in your group of friends it can come the inspiration can come from your friends right because once you get to a certain age in life certain things represent like stability or success Mm -hmm. right so maybe Mm -hmm. your friend has a designer bag and you're like dang why i never had no designer bag i need to work so i can get me a designer bag too i should have one you know Mm -hmm. and then or like maybe for example right now i know for me and you our thing is like quality clothes because forever 21 you wash it one time and it's done but now we're like we want some clothes that actually like you know last us a while and look nice Mm -hmm. you know and so maybe we stop going to tj maxx as as much and maybe we start spending a little bit more money on certain pieces because we want them to last for a while or we're focused on quality as opposed to like a certain look or trendy look now you know Exactly. And multi-purpose things, you know? Yeah, that too. too. I'm so used to buying things that work for one outfit. And it's like, okay, I can never wear this shirt again Mm -hmm. until I wear this exact same outfit. Like, I'm not doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just sensibility, I think, really is the the term i'm looking for here i think that's what happens as we get older too we get a bit more sensible like (laughs) i'm not gonna wear like these heels like i remember one of my line sisters she she used to wear heels every day in college like girl walking down the pedestrian with six inch heels on every day girl i'm like girl how did you not roll an ankle so anyway and if for you guys that didn't go to georgia southern with us um the pedestrian is this walk like the main walkway how you get to all the buildings on campus and I wouldn't call it cobblestone, but it's definitely like a paved kind of like raised, raised brick. Like, yeah. Kind of like it's not smooth. You can trip. It's not paved. Like it's not a paved sidewalk or anything like that at all. Mm-hmm. You can trip and definitely fall. Like if you hit the wrong brick. So she was expert level in heels. And it's so funny because now she's a nurse, right? And she was in nursing school then, but now she's working as a nurse full time. And she <laughs> posted, I think it was on Facebook or something. She was like, I really think about the time in my life where I wear heels every day. And I think about it, I'm just like, how and why did I do that to myself? Like, she's like, now my knees and ankles are hurting <laughs> every time mm-hmm. I get off of work or whatever. And she's like, and I'm wearing sneakers to work. But it's just like when we get a little older, we just get a little bit more sensible get a little bit more sense. about the We're decisions like, that we that. make. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, taking it back to like the code switching when mm -hmm. you go to work, like think about how many hours you spend at work. Right. And so, um, I've been in departments where like, you know, maybe the women wear heels or maybe they bring tennis shoes and then they put their heels on when they get to work right? and then they take them back. And I used to always think to myself like, man, I want to do that, but I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want to wear heels every day. I don't want to do that. And it's a lot. And And the amount of times that I'm walking in and out the building, going to meetings or whatever the case may be, like, I just, you know what? I'll have a cute little sensible flat that is a decorative or whatever case may be, and that and works for me across the board. <laughs> exactly, you know? but I think it. I think, like you said, it's all individual, right? Your preference, what works for you, and then all of that changes each season of your life. At what mm-hmm. you did at twenty, when she was walking around Southern with heels on, and now Girl. she's like, I will never do that again. But at the time, it worked for me, mm-hmm. but never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, accurate. I applaud her. Yeah, girl, she really was killing it out here. But um, last question before we wrap this up. So the process mm-hmm. of learning to code switch. For me, I know it was something that I actively remember, like, learning. Right? Mm-hmm. 
what about you? And I'll talk about me later. Or if you want me to go first, we can. But what about you? Like, do you remember learning to code switch? Was it a thing? Um, like I said, I've always, I mean, I always grew up in very diverse areas. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was just more so just seeing my parents. I think it was just awareness uh -huh. of them and the way my family, my, like the adults moved when certain um, individuals around. came around. Uh -huh. I think I just caught on to that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And there was really no like set lesson. I think it was, you know, hearing my parents on the phone with doctors or going to the doctor's office and hearing them talk. I'd mm -hmm. be like, why are they talking like this? You know? Yes. Um, <laughs> especially when you get like, oh my gosh, I remember like, there was one time where my mom and I were going somewhere. And she got the, you know, the phlegm that you get in your voice when it's very high pitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always wondered to myself, like, why, why are you doing all that? Like, just talk to her and tell her this and that, you know. But now, as I get now, as I've gotten older, I definitely remember times where I was doing that, you uh -huh. know. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm on this doctor's off, oh, this call, or you know, I'm at this office, or I'm at this whatever, and mm -hmm. I'm, you know, over accentuating my words. I'm talking fluidly and saying, "Excuse me, ma'am, can you please help me find that?" Like, what? <laughs> Can you help me find like, you know, like it's just yeah. those kind of things. And so I don't think that I ever like, I don't think I ever sat down and like thought about it in that sense. I honestly just thought that that was how it was supposed to go. You uh -huh. know, I thought, okay, if you want things done, you got to talk, you got to, you know, talk like this or have this kind of tact to it mm -hmm. because you're like, you're not going to get things done if you don't, you know, that's kind of right. how like my mind warped around that. So uh -huh. yeah, I don't know. I mean, what about you? I was the kid that was always curious and had questions for things that maybe should have been obvious, right? So where maybe you thought in your head, why are you talking like that? I would have been out loud like, why are you talking like that? So my mom, I actively <laughs> remember my mom being on the phone and like talking to me and then picking up the phone several times and being like, hello, like nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> have a great day. I'm like, girl, this is. You was just cussing me out. Like, this is not your voice. That don't even sound like, who is this person, right? So I actively remember hearing that and being like, Ma, why are you talking to them people like that? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, 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 like, that is so funny. I was like six or seven. I was like, Ma, why are you talking like that? That is so weird. You don't talk to me like that. And she was telling, she would tell me, this is my business voice, or this is how I conduct myself when it comes to mm -hmm. business, or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. So I began to then process that as this is my professional, like you have to have a yeah. personal side and a professional side. So our code switching wasn't necessarily code switching, right? Because mm -hmm. we were, I, I know I make it seem like I didn't see white people at all, like growing up, like I never saw clear people. My parents definitely exposed me to the different side of life, like, you know, going to ballets and charity functions and stuff like that. So I could expose myself to that. I took, you know, um, etiquette classes and things like that. So I had that experience of like having this different presentation of yourself, but it was never presented as this is how you are around white people this is just the professional way to be as I got older I realized oh they developed this because this is what the majority the majority being clear people or the society yeah. itself has determined for us so now I'm here and I'm like this is code switching I get it okay I can still be my professional self and still be me myself 100% like I can still be me 
Dr. Hartwell yeah. with my Nikes or Adidas on and mm-hmm. adjusting patients and taking care of people and still have mm-hmm. my Southern twang and exactly. not have to take it away because these people completely understand what I'm saying. You know, those exactly. kind of things. But then I can still go sit in a room and say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Hartwell. Blah, you know, I can I can yeah. do that. And I, I find fun in that, enjoying that. But also, I think it's like a fun way to kind of like play with your different the different sides of yourself but also staying within this box of who you are yeah like playing Mm -hmm. different characters within yourself because we're we're multi-dimensional people right so it's like having another dimension Mm -hmm. of yourself that you present to the world and then your private self is this person that's over here so i think it's kind of fun but it's fun when you're quote unquote code switching is still yourself just a different version of yourself and not just a different version you reinventing I completely this agree. new person mm-hmm. to present right exactly yeah. and i think too that like like oh i love what you just said about that like you're pre- you're not presenting a new person you're just being you in a different and it's a different element of you right right um, but i think what's really cool is that like your friends and your family get to see every side of you and right. so that's the I, funny part when you see your friends at work and you're like oh, oh my gosh when i see my that friend is in the work funniest mode. thing oh my goodness like yes girl these people trust you to do this stuff like i think about stuff all the time like my friends who are <laughs> teachers and i'm like so for they real like let's, don't lie to me like people actually trust you with the future of our our the world like they trust you with children mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. Like, and they, they knowingly made this decision. Okay. Okay. And when or, you hear people speak about your friends and say, oh my God, they're fabulous. They're great. They're this, they're that. They're you're so like, professional. They're this like, and that. This and person what? outside of this element. And man, you guys are very trusting. But I, I mean, like, I love seeing my friends <laughs> in their elements. <laughs> you guys really, are very trusting. You're like, you must not know this the whole I'm nigga just saying, on the weekends. But, but it's cool. <laughs> Right. I just love seeing my friends in their elements because it just makes me like people are always, you know, they're everyone's passionate about what, right. you know, makes them thrive and things of that nature. And so seeing that play out and seeing them being able to replicate that in their in the in the best version of themselves right. and be authentic to right. that, I'm here for it. I, I support here for it. it all. It's so fun, honestly. <laughs> it's a it's one of my favorite things going to my friends' jobs and like seeing them mm-hmm. in their element, seeing them tell people what to do and things. It's it's yes. Yeah, girl, that was a really good conversation, to be yeah, honest. I, I love think, when we talk about that. I know. I and it's so funny because every episode we record, I'm like, I think this is my favorite episode of the season, but then <laughs> right. here we are and Every week, we we find a way to make it better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm happy for it. You know, I'm not complaining at all. But, uh, sis, how did you find your peace of mind this week? You know, girl, I took a half day today. Mm -hmm. And um, I never do that. I am working on finding balance with taking days off and just Mm -hmm. not doing work um, because I'm so ingrained in work. And Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, it was really nice. Now, granted, I still did a couple of things after that, like during my like off time, uh, Mm -hmm. just because like, you know, phone calls and things like that. But I'm trying to be more intentional about taking days. I have a good friend. We both have a good friend, Big Red. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Big Red. Shout out to Big Red, girl. She is so good at just being like, I'm taking a mental day because I did a really, I had a really long week. And I'm going to take this day off. She is on top of it. 
had a really hard day yesterday. I'm taking tomorrow off. Like she's really good at being like in tune with just her, her, herself. And And so um, I, right. And so I thrive to, you know, to be, not be like her obviously, but I thrive to set those examples for myself in my life. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I took a half day today. That's a start. You know, obviously it was not, you know, a full half day, you know, I still had things I was doing, but very happy that at least, took the plunge and stepped into that. So that was how it's I found a, my peace of mind. What about you? It's a beautiful you, start. Thank you. It's a beautiful start. And you will definitely take more advantage of these half days. Oh, trust yeah. Me. Trust me. But um, what about me? So I think that we both kind of been doing the same thing. I kind of talked about it in the beginning. For me, my life is a little bit different, right? So I don't have a very uh, structured schedule. I'm usually... At this moment, I'm all over the place, all over the city of Atlanta, each and every she day. Is. Literally. And Gwinnett, too, too. Yes. I'm literally all around the city, just driving everywhere, working. And um, I don't have the luxury of taking um, personal days off and things because that's just not how my job is structured. But that's something that I want. And for some reason, to me, it seems so far away. And so right now, a little transparent moment. I'm working two jobs. I think I might have said that before. I'm working My two jobs. Got two jobs. Two jobs. You know what I'm saying? But so for me, all I can think of is work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. I just got to work. I got to work and make money. I just got to work. Right. Mm-hmm. But. Then I'm not thinking about the other part of life. And everyone in my life keeps telling me, sit down, take a break breathe and I'm like how I have to work right so I'm finding this balance of and I I think I might have heard this on the podcast as a matter of fact um talking about living to work I mean working to live and not living to work and Mm -hmm. there was this girl on this podcast shout out to the receipts because I'm getting caught up on all their episodes I've been like a maniac listening to everything but anyway and it was Tali T she was saying how like she will take a day off of work real quick and be like I need a personal day done done I need a break I need a vacation Mm -hmm. and just be gone and be like my job is just gonna have to figure it out whereas for me I'm the complete opposite I'm more so concerned about like what are they gonna do when I'm not here are they gonna have somebody blah blah right so separating myself from work even though my professional life is part of my work but I'm working to be able to provide for myself to do the things that I want to do in my free time so I'm trying to like encapsulate that and say okay even if I go to work for six hours this day I still have to make time around that so I gotta wake up and work out I gotta make myself some breakfast when I Mm -hmm. get off I'm gonna go do this for myself or whatever the case may be so that way it doesn't feel like work is taking over my whole life especially because I'm like driving and working two jobs and things are crazy so Mm -hmm. if your life is like mine or like Jazz's we I think we gave y'all some good little things you know take your day balance out your life you know what i mean right. i would also like to add and I, I i've mentioned this before but you know i love elaine walteroth that's my girl go ahead um, girl but she mentioned about how she puts things on her calendar like joy moments on her calendar mm-hmm. and she actually sticks to those calendar times and so you know if you're someone who's regimented who is you know you stick to your calendar like if it's not on the calendar you ain't doing it or you 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 take time out for emails or whatever the case may be if, you know, maybe having five minutes to yourself to just, you know, sit in it, be grateful, mm-hmm. be upset, be happy, be sad, whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. taking those moments out of your day to actually reflect within you 
you know, it's something that is really important too. And mm-hmm. so not a pro learning how to do that. Okay. <laughs> By no means am figuring I trying to preach or anything like that. I think we're all figuring it out, but you know, whatever works for you, uh, I'm here for it. But, um, I love that Kava. I think that's awesome that you're still doing things for you, even outside of your work schedule. Cause it's yeah. hectic. I know. And it will we definitely, don't. uh, take over <laughs> my whole life. So I have to yeah. take that time. So I don't lose myself mm-hmm. and lose boundaries. my mind child. Cause mm-hmm. I will, mm-hmm. but um, JB, go it. ahead and spit out these social sis. Yeah. Oh, actually, hold on. So, okay, I had a dream. You got any church announcements? Yes. Um, Cable's Beauty Bar should be restocking this weekend. Life has been kind of crazy, but like I said, I'm finding a balance. So, mm-hmm. cross your fingers that new yes. things will be coming this um Friday. What is it? Friday, March. 19th. 19th. Yes. Yep. So check dot com, and then we'll put it in the description box too. Um, do you have church announcements? I do not. I do not. Okay. But uh-huh. I will say this. Continue to follow us on our journey at Becoming That was my, I was going to say underscore. I had a dream that I did it in a British accent, but I'll do it next episode. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, you can do it. Follow us on. Okay, guys, I'm going to do this portion in my Brit- British accent. So make sure you follow us on our journey at becoming she underscore on Instagram and Twitter at becoming underscore she. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in every week and listening to our content. We love you so much. Thank you so very much. Have a beautiful rest of your week. And we will see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Kisses. Mwah. Bye.